Welcome to episode 43 of Talkin' Jacks. This is a uh, special edition of uh, Talkin' Jacks Extra with uh, a friend of ours from down in Charleston, um, fellow SNST writer, uh, Drew Bartow. How's it going tonight, Drew? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Yeah, I can't complain. World Cup started today, even though it was a drubbing. It was still exciting. There's some odd pregame festivities going on as well. Ooh, were they odd? I haven't even seen any of these. They were a little weird. Weird? Hmm. There was like a... I mean, we don't have to go too far into it, but there was like a weird singer. I have never heard of him. Maybe I'm a little too young. But Robbie Williams yes. would belong to a group called Take That, which was kind of like the British version of the Backstreet Boys okay. back in the 90s. Gotcha. That's weird. So, That's odd. They, they, were, they were big when I was stationed in Germany in the, in the early 90s. Okay. Oh, cool. Backstory. There we go. But yeah, like I said, can't complain. Got a new couch today delivered. Been waiting on it. We, we bought it like a month and a half ago. It was finally delivered today. I'm sitting on it right now. So nice. yeah, it's been a pretty good day. <laughs> here we go. That's awesome. Well, we are here to uh, not talk about the World Cup, uh, surprisingly. We're going to talk about a Charleston versus Charlotte matchup this Saturday. Uh, the first actual game of the Southern Derby, is that right? Am I, am I correct in saying that? That is correct. Okay, yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, but yeah, I definitely wanted to thank you for, for coming on the show, Chris, or Drew. I don't know why I called you Chris. Um, wow, this is starting out great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, so talk a little bit about the, the recent form for the, for the battery. I know they had a stretch where they were... Um, they, they were get, winning and tra- drawing a lot, and then they, they've lost their most recent game. But talk a little bit, a bit about the recent form. Right. So we, we had the opening game against Cincinnati. So that was a 1-0 loss. So that was started a, a downward kind of spin, went up to New York and got blown out 5-0. I think that's the worst that the battery has ever lost under Coach Anhauser. And then they, they changed up the form. So instead of four in the back, they went to like a three, three, four, <clears throat> like a three, four, two, one setup. Mm-hmm. And basically went nine straight games undefeated. I think we won four in a row at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, won both opening rounds of um, Open Cup. And then last Wednesday, we went down to Atlanta round four and that was a 3-0 blowout and then turned around and they um, traveled back up to Richmond and that was a 2-0 route shutout out there so you know it's it seems that that was I think that one goal late right before stoppage time that was the first goal since March 31st that the battery allowed from the field of play everything that had been scored up till that point was um, free kicks and penalty kicks, which were killing us. That was mm. that was the story in Indianapolis versus Indy Eleven. So you know it was uh, yeah. two free kicks and, and a penalty kick. But McInerney should have got a red card for punching Vincenzo in the face if he should have not been in in that weak PK in the box to allow that second goal. But I mean, it didn't happen that way. But that seems to be the Achilles heel is, you know, that was the same thing against um, Nashville when they came in. 
that little toe tap off the free kick and then kick through the wall. And that's how they scored. So hopefully um, we can fix that and get back into where we were on that nine-game run. So there you go. Definitely good there. Um, what would you say was uh, particularly going correct or right uh, during that stretch as opposed to what hasn't gone necessarily right in that last Richmond game uh, that, that was the loss there? Uh, Atula Guerra. <laughs> so king of the sauce down here in Charleston. Um, yeah. He's playing, he's playing probably some of the best soccer he's ever played. Um, hmm. He's it's it's fun to watch. The, and the, the goal celebrations afterwards, they keep getting better. <laughs> yeah, we um, saw those. Or I saw that in Charleston when he uh, he took the um, the corner flag and, and played it as a guitar. Right. They had the <laughs> one in um, – I made a meme of it for Twitter, but the one that when they were in Indianapolis, he ran to the sideline with, with the snake. They were doing the snake. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I, think I did see that one. Yeah. So um, – a combination of him with Gordon Wild, he's the uh, super draft pick that Atlanta United had. So um, they have teamed up really well. He's he scored three goals. He had two against Atlanta United, two um, back there. I think it was the beginning of May. Um, but those two have combined make make a pretty good dynamic duo. Um, Todd Brian Anunga in the midfield is he's he's filling that role that Justin Portillo left when Justin and Michael Chang went to to Real Salt Lake so mm-hmm. that that was a big hole that's a big gap that he had to fill but he scored three goals as well he had um he had was it the brace that one game um and then you have Neville Hatshaw back in the back line really the entire back line is, is what saved us um, but if you look consistently at the numbers and, and the stat line, Hatshaw is doing it on offense and defense. He's consistently leading the team in passing, or he's right behind um, Ta. Um, he's making those critical clearances. The same with, with Taylor Mueller. I mean, I think they, they do a very good job of breaking down um, opposing teams. They frustrate them. You know, they can't they can't make those passes. They can't make the crosses. They can't drive into, you know, their attacking third because the plates are broken up. So and then there was a change in goal with taking out the veteran Odisno Cooper for Joe Kaminsky, who was last year was his rookie year. But you didn't see any playing time because of the um, affiliation with Atlanta United. They sent down Alec Khan for a couple of games. They sent down um, Tambacus. He allowed eight goals in six games. That was that that summer slump that we had when Romario was in the the Open Cup or in the Gold Cup. So um, Joe didn't get much playing time last year. Um, he got hurt in the first preseason game against College of Charleston. So he was pretty much out all preseason, out through. Um, the Challenge Cup in February, and then they made that change right there in April, and it's he's been phenomenal. I mean, he he had those what is it five starts? His first five starts, he had four clean sheets. 
Mm. So, yeah, that's impressive. So, if they could just get that set piece thing down and leave the wall intact, so they don't. So people like Sunny Side don't send rockets through it. I think we'll be. Yeah. Well, I don't think we have anybody who's all that threatening on set pieces. So I think you're safe. That's yeah. that's an area that we. I mean, Jorge Herrera maybe. But yeah, last year he had a couple of months where he was on fire, but th- this season we don't really have anybody who's put a good free kick on the ball. We don't win a lot of dangerous free kicks, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But that's always been kind of a struggle for us. Is, is set yeah, piece, we, offense and yeah. defense. We had the penalty. We had that penalty against Nashville, and um, Atula took it. It was blocked, and then Nico Rittmeyer came in on the right side, and the keeper got a piece of it on that on that follow-up and that that would have been that would have been 2-1 against Nashville that should have been a win so I mean it, it happens but I look at it you know we're not even halfway through the season there's still 20 I think what's it 24 games left so mm. a lot of things can happen so I think I think it was a combination of things there was the traveling and we had pretty much Saturday Wednesday games all through May Mm. up through the open cup so you had saturday game wednesday game saturday game wednesday game they traveled to atlanta united so we were playing you know three games a week it seemed like for for a month and a half and that that's going to wear you down so we have we have a thin lineup to begin with i think we're only 19 players Mm. so you know people get knocked up atula and and o'brien woodbine stayed behind they didn't go to richmond so they were not available. So that that's a a huge factor as well. But they signed a, a former team captain and um, CA College Player of the Year, Leland Archer, as a defender. And his first professional game was against Richmond, and he did really good. He, yeah. he was very impressive. He, I think it was like the second minute they had a corner kick, and he had a header almost almost go through hmm. so i mean that that was kind of like a you know a, okay it's getting it's we, we're good so it seems anytime somebody gets hurt you're kind of wondering you know who's coach gonna put it in there to play so it seems like uh your organization does a really good job with uh with scouting because I think the narrative around Charleston in the off season was all the best players are are gone. You know, you lost several players from the back line, midfield, and the attack. Right. But here's here we are a third of the way through the season and Charleston's yeah. fighting for a top four spot in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, it just it's, seems like it's a model of consistency in the yeah. league. Well, Romario was on loan from Atlanta United, right? So he gets recalled back to the home office. That was eventually that was bound to happen, anyways. Um, yeah. Especially with the numbers that he put up. Um, and then we lost Forrest to to Cincinnati. We lost um, Javier Cordovez to Richmond, and then Michael Chang and Justin Portillo went to um, Real Salt Lake or the Real Monarchs to RSL. So, but you know the open tryouts that seems to be the magic sauce mm-hmm. um you know we picked up kataro higashi last year from the open tryout 
yeah. we scored that that leveler right at 90 minutes in the Challenge Cup against Atlanta United, earned himself a roster spot. If you look at Vincenzo Candela, who's now, you know, on the left side of, of Ta in the midfield, he was a, a, an open tryout signing. Um, they signed Jay Bolt out of Florida. He was a was it um, University of Northern Florida. So and he's been, you know, on on the right wing out there. So coach has a system. The system works. I mean, he's he's been doing this since 2005. I think he took over as head coach, but he's been with the battery from the beginning. So, um, you know, Dante Marini's rumored to be coming back in the next month from from uh-huh. his, from his blowout <clears throat> knee surgery from last year. Yeah, that's good news. That is, that is. So, um, he's he's our favorite. <laughs> we all, we all have favorites, but I mean, we've we've waited all year for him to get better to watch him in the videos and the stuff that the battery puts out. He's he's got cleats on now. He's in practice with the team, so he's getting there. But it was it was a pretty bad knee injury. There was. We were worried that that was it, you know, that was going to be his career. So, mm. but coach, coach has got a system, and if the the players, he knows what he's looking for. He knows the talent that he's looking for, and he's able to train them. He's able to mentor them, and the results speak for themselves. I mean, we have a bench of players in the reserve that can be starters and and as a matter of fact they are so you know everybody's capable of being a threat and and helping the team win so that that's good that's good you don't have a starting 11 and then some questionable players all 18 19 of them they are all starting 11 players that that can contribute and 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 do week in and week out Good to know. Um, I know we definitely uh, touched base on uh, Gordon Wilde and Atula Guerra as far as main attacking players right. for, uh, for the battery. Um, right. Would you say basically their offense comes and goes with them, or are there some different uh, playmakers that, that can contribute to uh, the attack for the battery? I think everybody can contribute. I know that we're waiting for Kataro Higashi to get his first goal. Mm. Um he, he, his ball handling and his maneuverability this year compared to last year is is so much better. Yeah. Um, his ability to move that ball, drive that ball, create that space, um, and, and and be that playmaker. That's that's been a huge difference up front. Um, you have Victor Mansray, who was. Um, you know, signed with Cincinnati, but played a couple of years out there in the MLS with, with the Sounders in Seattle. Yeah. So, I mean, he's he's made some plays. Patrick Oconquo, who's, um, I think, what is, so he just turned 18, right? Hmm. Patrick? Yeah, he, he's the, the homegrown player out of on loan from Atlanta United, both him and Gordon. But he's that 17, 18-year-old player. I mean, he scored his first goal the other week too so um ian had that goal against atlanta 
too. That was his first goal. So, you know, he scored 13 goals last year with Tulsa in the Western Conference, but two of them had to be forfeited because they played an ineligible player. So the USL forfeited those <laughs> goals that he scored in that game. So, oh. so technically he scored 13. On paper, he scored 11. Yeah. So, and then but, when you factor yeah. in the Talking Jacks Western Conference uh, to Eastern Conference ratio, it's more like eight <laughs> goals. Right. Conversion rate. Right. So I interviewed all the new players for soccer at Sweet Tea. I did like a kind of beyond the touchline um, series, and we asked them questions. And I asked them what the biggest difference was between the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference. And he said it's definitely more physical. It's more, it's more of a physical game. Um, huh. But he's – He's learning a new setup. He's um, having to learn to play a different type of forward position than what he was used to at Tulsa. So, um, you know, I still think that it just it's going to happen. So we'll have to see. So and then you have, you know, Ta in the midfield. He's got three goals. Skyler had that header against um, Bethlehem um, off the set piece, which was kind of, you know, reminiscent of Forrest Lasso last year. So he's done a heck of a job in the backfield filling that role in the center back position. So, I mean, they can all score. It's just a matter of, you know, sometimes, sometimes you get it, sometimes you don't. So we had a lot of shots the other game that were, you know, off, you know, near frame, some bounced off the crossbar. So, I mean, yeah. So, it happens. It's soccer, right? It's what makes it the beautiful game. Yeah. So, the ebbs and flows of a season, that's for sure. Right. All right. We got, uh, it looks like we just have the one listener question. Uh, but I'll go ahead and ask it. It's a two-parter. Uh, it's it, it's from Richard, and he asked, do, do the Battery always assume that they'll beat Charlotte? And then, if so, why? And then the part two is, what would make them worried that they'll lose? I don't think that we think that we're going to beat Charlotte. I think that we have – let, let me look up my stats. So we have the – Seven wins series, and seven uh, wins. two losses. Right. I just looked at this earlier. <laughs> Right, seven wins, two draws, two losses. So, yep. you know, um, it's pretty good. I think we didn't lose last year. So, nope. um, we didn't score like, last year. Right, we didn't <laughs> score this year. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Right. So, um, you know, it, anything can happen. I mean, you saw what you guys did against Cincinnati, right? So you guys went That's through that true. drought period. You didn't score, yep. and then you ended up blowing them out. Four was it? Four. and i'm we're sitting there you know we're like okay if charlotte beats cincinnati by three we're in first place right so we're looking at that and we're screaming go charlotte (laughs) (laughs) you know but you know saturday we'll be screaming not that so (laughs) um i think the fans know that we're gonna beat charlotte um coach never underestimates any team because the things that I've heard him say is anything can happen. Right. So, I mean, we could go in there and it can be another blowout or it could be just like Cincinnati. Right. So 
I think that with um, having a full week off, guys that got knocks are able to recover. Everyone seems to be healthy. So I'm looking at um, the match notes, and I don't see anybody injured or, mm. or possible out. So we'll have to see. So um, I, I do. Coach been doing this 13, 14 years. So never take anything for granted. So it's a matter of if we don't play flat, we we press early, right? Get those get those scoring early because that seems to be like our Achilles heel. We kind of like to, you know, wine and dine the team for the first 20 minutes to kind of go back and forth. It's a little dance of like, you know, give and take, you know, a little probe here, fall back, a little probe. And we end up usually scoring in the 60th minute. I think that's kind of like if I'm by math is right where we're scoring is late. So a majority of the goals come after the 60th minute. So. Okay. Would you definitely say that Charleston's more of a second half team than a first half team? As this far year, as... this year, it seems like yeah. it. Um, okay. Last year, it seemed like we would come out of the gate and then it would fall apart late in the game. Um, gotcha. you know, last year, when Louisville was making that run that they did, we were up 4-0, and they came back in the second half to draw. Mm. So Interesting. So, I mean, yeah, I, I see... I guess writing writing for soccer and sweet tea, I, I look at the game differently than just a fan in the stands. So, you know, you're looking at the stats, you're looking at the heat maps, you're looking at where they're taking shots from and stuff like that. And it's things that we kind of just hold for a majority of the first half. And then it seems like after the second half, I don't know what's said in the locker room, but they come out and they drive and, you know, we score for the most part. So that's what it seemed like, you know, in that nine-game run when we were undefeated. So. All right. Well, uh, if you don't have anything to add, we'll go into predictions. Yeah. Sure. Our least favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite part. All right, I'm glad. Uh-huh. We just start, we're so bad at the predictions. <laughs> start starting eleven guesses. So. Oh, I've I've given up trying to figure out a starting eleven, especially without much of an injury injury report. Yeah, our guys it's keep different. picking up injuries like the day before the game, so it right. keeps changing. Like the first first four or five games, I was like just completely off, and then I started seeing a pattern and seeing what we were doing. So I've been pretty much maybe 9 or 10 out of the starting 11. So I think Coach does That's it to good. me on purpose. Coach sits <laughs> there and goes, I'll show him. Yeah. So, Whenever he looks at your prediction, he's like, no, nah, let's just change that. I don't want to do that. Yeah, and it's, it's always like the weird one. It's like, well, I didn't even think about that, but okay, sure, okay. So. Yep. But so it, it seems to be as far as a prediction goes for the score. Uh, I want to say Charleston pulls it out three one. 
Three, three one. one. Wow. And oh. and I see I see the one goal coming off a <laughs> a penalty kick. <laughs> penalty kick. Not a, a free kick that shouldn't have been issued. So, <laughs> that's a very uh, specific. Let me, well, let me see who's the referee. Who's the official? That's a good point. It doesn't matter. They're all Rubio. None of them are any good. I don't. I don't think we've had him. So, but Ryan, Ryan Graves, and Benjamin Wooten are the AR. So, and Ryan seems to forget that if you have the ball, you're not offsides. So, that was a call that we had a couple of weeks ago at home, which blew my mind. So, mm. so craziness. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean that that seems to be. That seems to be the Achilles heel, right? So it happened in Richmond where, um, what is it? Uh, Amora had the, the, he was driving on the far left side and there was, there was some contact with Jay, but then he took three steps and swan dived. So, you know, <laughs> they gave the yellow card and the free kick and then he was able to, um, um, Schreiber was able to, to get it, um, into the box and off of, of Heavyel's head for the header right so we got that deflection past past joe to score and then that was in the 11 that was three goals right there all all penalties so we'll have to see all right uh i'm gonna say one one draw i think that's what i i think i've predicted a draw like the last three matches so i'm just gonna <laughs> stick i'm just gonna stay on that pattern you'll one, get it right one, one one draw that was <laughs> it was 2-0 it was 2-0 in may I know, and before the yellow card, or before the second yellow card, I really felt like we were going to pull one back. Yeah. I felt like that was a lot more evenly contested than it ended up being. Of course, I was, to to be fair, I was watching in Mexico on my phone. It it was very blurry. Yeah, it was. The blurs looked contested. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, so what did I see? Enzo's coming back to visit? Yeah, yeah, he's or being he's honored not, at halftime. He's being honored at halftime? Okay. Or, yeah. or before the game, one or the other. They're going to unveil a statue of him. <laughs> no, they're not doing statue. that. No. Um, predictions, predictions, predictions. Uh, more than one goal scored total. I'm going to say that specifically. Um, so two I, goals then? Two two goals plus? Two goals plus, okay. yes. That is, that is the, the official prediction. Um, I'm, I think that, that Charlotte gets the victory here. Um, we've, we've been steadily playing pretty well. Um, looks like we may get some more players back as well, which will be nice. Um, be a good problem for Jeffries. But I'm officially predicting a 2-1 victory for the Jacks and a great time beforehand and after with the regiment. Um, I love we, friendly rivalries. They're just we, great. We are bringing a contingent, so yeah. Sweet. I, so we happy to hear that. Say, like twenty or thirty, maybe. Is that does that sound? That may be a little much. I don't know, but we usually say forty and, and like nine show up. So. <laughs> so you'll if probably we were, have like a hundred we people. Twelve deep. We were twelve deep in Atlanta, so we were surrounded by ten thousand of the five stripes. You talk, you talk about being deep in enemy enemy territory on that. <laughs> yeah. One, so. But in the mud, yeah. I think, I think the the Charlotte games were fun. Um, we went to last year, the last regular season game, the September game, and that was that was a knockout. So um, 
So it's going to be a good game no matter what. So it was a good game in May. So yep. I was actually like stressing out for the first 35 minutes. Because so. <laughs> it just it just seems like we take 20 minutes to realize that we're actually playing. So, <laughs> so I mean, it's I think that it's a combination of that. You know, we have several players that are new and you know, it took them, took them several games to, to get used to the formation. It took them several games to get used to playing with each other. And then there's that chemistry that, that, you know, took a couple of weeks to get there. But I mean, it, all of May, first week of June, it was looking pretty good. So, you know, could have been better, but we weren't losing. And then we lose two in a row, and that was kind of like, ooh. So, but I'm excited. I mean, the, these guys are a great group of guys. It, it, you get to know them outside of of the touchline, and you get to, you know, talk with them after the game in the Free Lions pub and stuff like that. And they're all just they're incredibly appreciative for the fans and all that we do to come out and support them. So it makes, it makes it pleasurable and it makes us want to come out and it makes us want to drive to Atlanta and Charlotte. We're going to go to Raleigh and we're thinking about going to Ooh, Cincinnati. You're going to Raleigh? That's too bad. Well, <laughs> well, I used to be stationed at Fort Bragg, so I think we'll just put on the body armor. We should be okay. <laughs> hopefully, they, hopefully they don't spit on us. Oh yeah, that would be. <laughs> I don't know if they do that. Maybe I don't know. That's what I. That's what I heard from the Cincinnati group is that 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 yellow card that Ledesma got was because they spit on him and he they wanted spit the on him. That's what they said, and then Ooh. he asked the referee to move him back, and that's got a, a bit yellow much. card for dissent. So, but I, I'll heckle somebody all day long, but spitting on him—that's a yeah, little. That's, no, I don't know. That, apparently, that's a thing in soccer. So we Mac, know a little bit about that. We we heard a little bit about that last. Yeah. McInerney did that to Vincenzo in Indianapolis. Punched mm. him and then he spit on him. So yep, I remember seeing that. Yep. So, you know, I got my calendar. I got my little hashtag days to Charleston for him, and I've been I've been trolling him on social media. So when he gets to Charleston, he'll be warmly welcomed. <laughs> so. We got you should that. just, you should somehow get onto the field and just hand him a red card. Just be like, this is for you. Oh, oh, we're bringing our yellow and red cards. I don't know if you know this or not, but our section in Charleston is the unofficial VAR. Yeah. So we have no problems giving people life-size yellow and red cards. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, thanks for joining us. This has been really great. I appreciate it. Thanks for having yeah. me. Look forward to seeing you guys on saturday and we'll bring in the curtis stickers for you guys too so ah yeah awesome cool, cool. well uh we'll, we'll direct everybody to soccer and sweet tea to read your work if they want to know more information on charleston and we will definitely see you on saturday awesome i appreciate it guys yeah take care thank All right, folks, we are back from our interview segment with Drew Bartow. Uh, that was good stuff. Went a little long, so we're going to 
just kind of speed through some of the questions that we got, uh, all from Charles. So thanks, Charles, for sending in so many questions. Uh, Appreciate it. We're going to save the last two for the episode that we record on Sunday because they're more broad uh, questions and we can give more time to talk about them. So we're just going to hit the ones that are about this game. Um, and the first question, once again, from Charles Houston is do you think we should keep the center back pairing of duck and henry for this weekend yes and i'll tell you why um chemistry and um i think they did really well against atlanta they went really whenever they were threatened um they were very quick and decisive um they played really really well duck it looked like he was fully a hundred percent um also, I think there can something can be said about playing against Charleston and knowing their play style as opposed to switching it up and going back to a different one or maybe having Duckett and Jung-Soo or Kalunji and, and Watson. Um, so I would say yes. All right. I'm going to take the opposite. I'm going to say no. Oh. Uh, and I will tell you why I say no. Okay. Uh, it seems like Coach Jeffries prefers Jung-Soo and Watson as a pair of center backs as opposed to Kalunji and Duckett. Now, to we can argue whether or not that's the right decision to make, but we won't sure. do that this episode. This episode <laughs> is just to answer that question. And yep. I think if Jeffries prefers those two, then if they're fit, they need to be in there. And my only concern is Watson has played so many games in a row. True. So I'm going to say you just mix mix the two i say we do Duckett and jungsu uh because they have played together some and that way it gives watson a rest uh assuming that watson is not going to be playing a different position like he did uh in atlanta on wednesday yeah um, he did that strike so watson up top doesn't sound like a terrible idea yeah i mean maybe not especially if it's late in the game we need a goal just yeah throw him in the box you know yeah Put Duckett and uh, Duckett and Watson as like a two-man forward line. There you go. <laughs> yeah. No, but I just think we, at some point we've got to figure out what our best eleven is and start building the chemistry in the back line. Yep. Because the defense has been just so inconsistent. We've had games where we've looked really good defensively, and then we've had games like New York and the second half of Atlanta where we don't look so strong defensively. And so I yep. think we just got to figure out how if if Jeffries is going to go with those two more often than not, then I'd rather see them get the majority of the playing time, regardless of how I feel, you know, because I'm I'm an idiot, you know. We'll make we'll let uh, Jeffries make the call. <laughs> yes. All right. So question <laughs> question number two. Uh, it seemed to me and that we came out strong in both halves against Atlanta, but faded down the stretch. True. Uh, that was me <laughs> saying true. Did you notice this, and is it concerning? So to answer the, the part, did I notice it? Yes. Is, is it concerning? Very much. Uh, yeah. And I think, there is, I think part of this is there's another question that Charles asked about uh, why we struggle to play against younger teams. And so we, we're going to save that one. But the last two games have been against very young lineups. While what they lack in experience, they have in energy and stamina they have an abundance of energy and stamina and it showed i mean we were really fading 
in Atlanta. That we we were lucky to not concede again. Uh, and I know we were a little unlucky to concede that ridiculous goal. Cannot be uh, goal of the week. You, ATL UTD announcer person. Because it isn't a goal. <laughs> I mean, it can. I, I, I don't. No, I don't. No goal. Okay. No. Listen. That 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 play was remarkable because at the same time it uh, it could be goal of the week and save of the week on the same play because the guy <laughs> okay, I, like take nothing away from the strike it was an absolute wonder strike yeah. but then Dystra saves it onto the bar yeah. and it comes off his back like that has got to be the most unlucky slash amazing play like that play, play of the year. It, it should simultaneously be save of the week and goal of the week. It yeah, should be. I know that's not going to happen, but it should that, be. If that's what it's titled as, then I'm okay with it. But regardless, uh, yes, I have noticed it, and yes, it concerns me. I have been concerned by the age of our squad since day one. Uh, <laughs> we have a very old squad. Yes. Especially in key positions. You know, when we were playing in, in New York, we had a center back pair of 34 and 38, respectively. We had a striker that was 32 and a midfielder that was 37 or 38. I don't know. I don't know if Jorge's turned 38 yet. That is concerning, especially when we start playing these three games in seven days. And it's getting real hot. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, it showed last year. When we had a younger squad, we st- and we wore down last year. So what's yeah. going to happen this year when our squad is even older? I think last year had more to do with lack of depth and, and shuffling. Well, we haven't ha- we haven't been able to take advantage of our depth though, this year, because everybody's probably... been injured. Yeah, but I th- I think we saw that Jordan is is getting better. They're probably bringing him along like they did. Um... I'm forgetting somebody came, came on along. George. Kevon George, yeah. you he made a couple, it, yeah. made a couple of bench appearances before he made his first start. Mm-hmm. But I now Foster, saw him, depending on availability, start this game. Yeah, because um, he looked pretty good in the little bit of time he had. Um, yeah, um, he looked really good in that Minnesota United video that they put out today. Uh, this is a complete tangent, but I have to talk about it. There's a video. Go to Minnesota. We'll 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 retweet it. But yeah. There's a video that they did, uh, I guess probably around the time of the 2014 World Cup, maybe, because it's an older video, back when they were in NASL, and they had the the kits with the wings on it and everything. Those may be the best kits ever. And it, yeah, they're pretty sweet. Just... But they are explaining the rules, the basic rules of soccer, and at the very, like, the, you have to get to the very end. I don't think Greg Jordan says anything, but he's in what he's in the offside. How they when they explain the offside rule, he's in that portion. So was he offsides or not? He was the defender. Oh, he was the defender. Okay, that makes more yeah. sense. But I I was watching that video and I saw I was like, wait a minute, I know who that is. That's Greg Jordan. Uh, anyways, tangent over. Uh, do you have an answer to that question, or do you just agree with me? Are you concerned? You seem like you're not as concerned as I am. Um, I'm not as concerned because I think there's more at play than us not having a great second half. I think we came out with a different mentality and more different play style in the second half. Um, yeah, I mean there were factors. That's true. There were the other. There were the thing. field was a huge external factor in the, in yeah, that match because Johnson is basically nullified on that 
stupid tarp, pitched grass, mud, 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 mud pie. Did, I forget what the announcers kept calling it. Ugh, whatever. Trash is what it was. It was trash. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I think that's a major contributing factor too. If it would have been better if we scored a fir- another goal in the first half. But yeah, that's I, we should have scored three or four in the first half if yeah. we put away our chances. So but I hope I hope that doesn't become a trend. Yeah, I, I know that's know that not it. part of the question, but I hope that that doesn't creep up on us because th- we had we had three or four really good chances that we should have put away in the first half. That's fair. That so. is true. All right, the final question that we will cover in this episode from Charles is. The front office is calling for a record crowd this weekend. How big do you think it will be? Okay, so let's do it. We've already done game predictions. Let's do crowd predictions. Ooh. Yeah. Do you so think... highest without going over. Okay. Right? Is Price that... Is right. Highest with... how can you? Going... How can you be closest... Closest without going high... Closest without going over. Yeah, but then you'd be under... You'd have to be... This... See, that doesn't really work because if it's over, that's good. Yeah, but there's got to be some part of the betting, though. Like, if you're... Okay, okay. Closest without going over. All right. Yeah. Um, I think there's going to be 2,812. Wow. I thought... I'm going to say... Well, the record is what? 2,642? Is that the record? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. It's a good thing you said that, because my record was going to be... My guess was going to be way below that. No, I wish I hadn't told you then. You You just bailed me out um 2600 wow i definitely didn't realize that i'm gonna say you said 28 i'm gonna I say know, i said 2812 so 2812 hey you at you said we can't go over so i'm gonna be real specific okay that's true um i'm gonna say 2704 okay. 2704 2704 all right yeah well may the best man win there you go that, that's it it does look, i am glad that all that stuff's done though because now we can finalize our mid-season friendly and all that stuff yeah um Absolutely. and maybe get some bigger crowds hell give some tickets away you know pack pack it yep pack the plex pack the plex hashtag it so we're gonna wrap this up uh looks like yeah we did not get any more questions so yeah we'll wrap it up uh this was a fun one thanks to drew for joining us and i hope everybody has a good friday saturday if you're listening to this on sunday it's too late yep uh join us at temple mojo at four o'clock ish uh or later i'll probably be later than that if i make it to temple mojo at all being an hour and a half away kind of makes that up and toss up a little difficult uh and then i assume max post game is still still the plan so it's been a while since we had a home game so it's a little feeling a little weird i need barbecue in my life yeah need barbecue in 1775 there you go that's all you need in life barbecue in 1775 that's i i can't argue with that yep so Get out here, support Charlotte. Get your World Cup fever on. Yeah, and you're gonna you're just you're gonna watch those games in the morning, and you'll be like, I want, I, I gotta go see some soccer. Where can I go see some soccer? You can go see some soccer 
at the Sportsplex at Matthews, Charlotte Independence versus the Charleston Battery. 7.30 kickoff. And we'll see you guys there. Yeah. Come on, you jacks. <laughs>